Hello and welcome to Frontline, keeping a tab on China's hottest high-tech developments. I'm Sam Duckett in Beijing. Coming up on today's show, I'll be giving you all the details on two new products from Chinese tech giant LETV. Sony PlayStation is turning a profit. Our reporter Michael Butterworth will also be taking an in-depth look at a simulator that lets you fly like a bird. And Mark Griffiths will be joining me for the Wild Web discussion. And this week we will be talking about Wi-Fi-powered X-ray vision. Now to kick off today's show. On the 27th of October 2015, LETV CEO Jia Yueting announced two new products: the Lure 1S smartphone and the Lure Max 120-inch smart television. First, a smartphone needs An Eco smartphone needs high-level functions, and it needs specifications that can kill the competition. Our components include a Helio Times 10 Turbo Octa-Core processor, and is over 10% faster than its predecessor. A strong CPU is needed to process large 3D games. It has 3 gigabytes of RAM and 32 gigabytes of ROM. We are really focused on storage, and we don't want to make a rubbish phone which is less than 3 gigabytes. iPhone only uses one gigabyte, and top-level Chinese phones only use two gigabytes of internal storage. The phone is powered by Android 5.0 and is running LTE's custom EUI system. The first feature that jumps out at you about this phone is the easy access media center and the massive library of TV and film content. The Lure 1S smartphone is also packed with several new features to enhance performance. It makes use of a technology called IsoCell, which is a layer between the phone wall and the pixels. It is used to help process the pixels on the screen, and this allows for faster processing speeds and picture clarity. The phone also makes use of a Type C charging port, and LTE claim that the phone can charge up to 3.5 hours of talk time within the space of just five minutes. Jiayue Ting also commented on how the fingerprint technology has only recently reached a level he deems acceptable to use on his devices. Actually, if during the last generation the technology was ready, we would have used fingerprint sensors on our Lure Max phone. Even though everyone seems really happy with current fingerprint sensors, we want them to improve. This is a leading point across the globe. The most important aspects of fingerprint sensors are functionality, capability, and aesthetic perception. This is very demanding. It requires mature technology. Our sensors' recognition only takes 0.15 seconds, and the recognition success rate is about 99 percent. Each phone can carry five different prints. We have also produced the Lure Mirror fingerprint sensors. It can be used for taking photos and is a makeup mirror for women. Aside from the improved fingerprint technology, Lure has also made the leap to improve their camera. The camera on the new Lure 1S is 13 megapixels and surprisingly fast. It is able to lock on a target in just 0.09 seconds. Jiayue Ting also went into detail comparing the new Lure 1S phone to the Apple iPhone. He pointed out that the sleek design of the company's new phone made it thinner and lighter than the iPhone 6S. Its width is 7.5 millimeters and its weight is 169 grams. The second announcement made at the conference was the Lure Max 120-inch television. This is apparently the only smart TV of its size in the world. 120 inches makes this the largest single-screen television in the world. Sharp is the only company with a production line capable of making this product. 
is the equivalent of 476 iPhone 6s or 76 iPads. It's 2.07 meters wide and 1.53 meters tall. Other production lines have only produced TVs that's 110 inches, so at the moment, it's the only TV of its size in the entire world. The TV boasts an 800 nit brightness level, 4K picture quality, 3D features, heat control, and a 120 hertz stereo system. The massive TV also makes use of the LER ecosystem and offers the same functions and features as other flagship LER smart television models. The TV was priced at 499,900 yuan. LTV's chief officer Liang Zhen spoke about the target audience for this new high-end smart television. China market, 120 inches, not China market, 100 inches, is actually not a accurate. There is no accurate sales figure for TVs with screens larger than 100 inches because people have never taken that end of the market seriously. There are only a small number of products like the 98-inch and the 100-inch models, but nothing beyond 120 inches. Based on our previous study, we estimate the demand for screens beyond 100 inches to be between 200 and 300. But we think LETV can reach that target with our 120-inch model. The LER TV Max 120-inch television became available for a limited pre-order on the 28th of October. The LER One smartphone goes on sale on the 3rd of November and is priced at 1,999 yuan. Frontline, bringing you the leading edge in technology. Hello and welcome back to Frontline. LG has updated its financial results to reveal that the firm's mobile division lost 67.8 million in the last three months. That's in sharp contrast to the previous quarter, where the company had a 1.2 cent profit from every handset that it had sold. LG believes that the recent launches of the Nexus 5X and V10 smartphones will help reduce the loss. As for the rest of the company, LG actually is doing pretty well, with the sales of the OLED and 4K TVs on the up and up in the United States and Latin America. Not only are people buying more TVs, but the division is now able to make them much more cheaply, increasing the amount of profit that it's making on every one. LG will likely not take their loss lying down, and will ultimately use this as motivation to improve the service of their smartphones, which will ultimately benefit users. Sony fanboys will be happy to know that thanks to a strong dollar, the PlayStation division is turning a profit. The firm has announced a 33.6 billion yen, which is 278 million U.S. dollar profit, thanks to the PlayStation and its image sensor division. Overall revenues came in slightly lower than a year ago, and they're down by about 0.5 percent. But a general uptick across the company's many divisions has helped push it into profitability. On the gaming side of things, continued strong sales of the PlayStation 4 titles drove a 16.5% increase. Once again, with exchange rates cited as being a contributing factor, PlayStation is continuing to being one of the strongest divisions in Sony, which means further investment into the gaming platform and a better gaming experience for PlayStation users. They've got a lot to be happy about, and congratulations to them. Now. Imagine that you wanted to fly like a bird over the world's greatest cities. Now you can try it for yourself. Swiss scientists have created a bird simulator, complete with a virtual reality headset and a fan to recreate the sensation of flight. Now here's Michael Butterworth with the details. This is Birdly, 
a bird simulator which lets you see through the eyes of a red kite flying high over New York City. The virtual reality headset gives the wearer a bird's eye view of the city below. As you move your arms, your virtual wings flap, helping you to soar even higher or dive towards the rooftops of the skyscrapers. Lean to the left or to the right, and you turn. Atmospheric conditions are replicated through a fan rustling your hair, and the noise of the air rushing past is played through the headphones. It is the closest a human can get to experiencing flying like a bird while staying firmly on the ground. The simulator was originally created as an experiment by a team from the Zurich University of Art and Design in Switzerland. Now they formed the company Somniax, which takes the machine to exhibitions around the world, allowing visitors the chance to fly. Stefan Schwingler is curator of the Global Games exhibition here at the Center for Art and Media in Karlsruhe, Germany. Viele Leute träumen ja vom Fliegen und ich gehöre auch dazu. Das kommt ab und zu mal vor. A lot of people dream about flying, and I'm one of them. With Birdly, you get this feeling so intensely that you really feel like you are flying over New York. You also physically feel it when you flap the wings, fly upwards, or dive down. The brain just cannot decide if this is for real or not because the feeling of height and movement is so physically present. So on one hand, you feel really dizzy, but on the other hand, totally full of endorphins. The realistic graphics for the simulator were provided by an American company specializing in 3D renderings of cities. Birdly can be flown over New York or San Francisco, but only New York is available at the Karlsruhe exhibition. Virtual reality has been around in different forms for decades, but it has only recently become a trend that is set to enter the mass market. In the 90s, you had this big virtual reality trend. It was really hot, and a lot of people thought it would soon become a consumer product, and we would all start wearing these head-mounted displays and spend our time in the virtual reality. That did not happen. It is only now that this hype is becoming real. Virtual reality is a huge trend, and it gives us a lot of new possibilities and new potentiality, not only for the entertainment industry but also in other areas. I don't think it is necessarily the future of gaming or the future of movies, but perhaps something entirely new, a totally new form of consuming media, and we are very excited about that. Birdly has been making its way around the world since its debut in May 2014. Here, Karlsruhe residents are keen to have a go. Those who've tried it are impressed. You can really steer the bird and decide how fast to go, just like you are flying yourself. You really think that you will crash down when you lean forward. You really think that you will fall. It was really cool. Flying is a rush, but don't get too distracted by the view. A bird faces many obstacles in the crowded skies over New York City. And that was Michael Butterworth reporting. Well, the idea of flying like a bird—it sounds fantastic, and I would love to give that a go.
Now, moving on, OnePlus has released its new high-end flagship phones at $249. With the first two phones, OnePlus proved that it could deliver flagship-level devices at a cheaper price point than most of its rivals. The OnePlus X has a hint of both the iPhone 4 and iPhone 5 about it. There are two models: the £199 Onyx, which is about、uh, just under €2,000. Which sports a black sheet of glass on the back, and the slightly more expensive £269 ceramic version, which should be close to about £2,700 Chinese yuan. And this won't be available in the United States. In fact, OnePlus is only making 10,000 ceramic handsets. Full stop. So you will have to be quick if you want to get one of the country's lucrative invites. The new phone boasts high-end specification and is considerably cheaper than its rivals Apple and Samsung. So high-end users will now have a cheaper alternative to using the iPhone and the Galaxy S Edge. The BBC iPlayer is coming to Apple TV. The app will be made available in the coming months. The reason for the BBC's change of heart likely comes after Apple finally decided to open up app support inside TVOS, allowing developers to extend their iPhone and iPad apps to create new software for the new Apple TV. Plans may also have changed after the Beep confirmed it would finally launch a streaming service in the United States next year, which will include content US viewers wouldn't otherwise be able to get their hands on. Apple TV will now rejoice that they will be able to access the BBC iPlayer on their home entertainment system. It will also warm the hearts of Apple fanatics, as the player is already available on the iPad and the iPhone. Well, lawmakers around the world struggle with how best to regulate the use of drones. UAV technology is developing in leaps and bounds. At the commercial UAV show in London, it's not just pilots operating the controls of rotor-powered aircraft. There are also autonomous drones piloted by smart computer programs. And now we go to Law Liming with the details. It's all taking off at the commercial drone show in London, but while this drone, built by Netherlands-based Aerotronics, is at the mercy of a human pilot, others are increasingly piloting themselves. Aerotronics manufacture a range of unmanned aircraft systems for several applications, including surveying, safety and security, even agriculture. According to Yannick van Moerkerk from Aerotronics, the fast-evolving drone industry is increasingly finding new and innovative applications for its high-flying technology. We are still evolving and still finding new ways, new things to get data and to use data. Um, think of industrial inspections, following pipelines, finding leakages in pipelines, finding, uh, uh, doing photogrammetry, mapping a complete surface, and making a 3D model of it. Anything you can imagine, actually, all the data you can fly over a pipeline and use a sniffer to feel if there's anything in the air that shouldn't be there. And increasingly, those jobs are being completed with the help of human pilots. Van Moerkerk says the development of GPS-assisted flight means the role of the pilot is changing. A pilot is not really a pilot anymore. He is an operator of a system. He sends the system to wherever the system needs to go,、um, and just he can pre-program a flight route. He can、uh, in air, he can change the flight route, but he doesn't actually have to fly the system. The only thing he has to do is make sure that the thing operates safely in a safe environment. And make sure that he has all the documents he needs. Riga, Latvia-based SPH Engineering, is creator of UGCS, that's Universal Ground Control Software. It allows aerial mission planning using digital 3D maps, 
meaning operators can tailor their flight path to the smallest detail without ever having to touch a joystick. That means operators can be more certain they'll avoid no fly zones or high buildings in built-up areas. Yanis Kuz is sales director of SPH Engineering. Currently, we have more than three thousand users are all around the world from all all applications, starting mapping, mining, search rescue, surveillance. Applications are really wide. That's why our software is called Universal Ground Control Software. According to Kuz, their software is particularly useful in search and rescue operations. Operators can place a mark on a digital map when something is spotted, and ground crews can then travel to that exact location. Security is another potential application, with drones being able to patrol a pre-programmed route or investigate what's triggered an alarm. It can be starting from like simple security tasks to just when you have a large industrial object and some sensor goes on alarm, you can just send the drone there and inspect whether it's like some animals, some old lady picking mushrooms, or you need to dispatch armed guards. So that's a very neat application. You don't need like CCTV cameras all around your object then. London's two-day commercial UAV show is playing host to a range of international exhibitors, expert speakers, and commercial land users. U.S.-based Textron Systems is exhibiting its new Aerosonde Mark 4.7 aircraft. Originally developed to fly into hurricanes and measure their intensity, is now being transitioned into various applications, both military and commercial. The aircraft was recently used in Idaho, U.S., flying over around 93,000 hectares of forest fire, using infrared sensors to see through the fog, smoke, and clouds to see the fire front. This year's commercial UAV show also includes a demonstration zone where exhibitors, including Chinese drone maker DJI, can take to the skies with their latest high-flying creations. That was Lawyer Ming reporting. Coming up next, we've got the Wild Web discussion, and Mark Griffiths will be with me in the studio. And we're going to be talking about X-ray vision that's powered by Wi-Fi. Sounds awfully convenient. Hopefully, he won't be using it on me. That's coming up, so stay tuned. That's coming up next. The Wild Web, breaking new ground in the world of technology. Hey, Mark. X-ray vision is a staple of sci-fi films and comic books, and our researchers have turned this concept into a reality. Using a wireless transmitter fitted behind a wall, computer scientists have developed a device that can map a nearby room in 3D while scanning for human bodies. Using the signals that bounce and reflect off these people, the device creates an accurate silhouette and can even use this silhouette to identify who that person is. Really? So it's possible to just summarize it to f- see. Sort of see inside a room,、um, but you, you can only see a silhouette.、It's、I mean, not, you can't see someone、yeah. getting changed or the way I, your mind works. I, I, my mind was more actually thinking about、um, locating terrorists and hostages, of course, through, through a wall, of course, rather than where you're 
gutter-based mind was, Sam. Now, moving on. So the new technology is called uh, RF Capture, and it was developed by researchers at MIT's Computer Science and Artificial Intelligence Lab, which is also known as CSAIL. They've been working on this for quite a while now, and it actually does seem like it would have quite a few applicable uses, because it's only a silhouette, which means if you were to use it for shop security, for example, you wouldn't be infringing on people's personal rights by watching them getting changed, but you could monitor their actions to make sure that they weren't stealing anything. That's another good use of this, isn't it? So it's basically sort of similar to Wi-Fi in that it's a sort of signal that permeates the whole room and then they look at reflections a bit like radar i think that's how they're they're doing this it is amazing to think that they could see into a a room like this and see shadowy figures um researchers have been developing technology that uses wireless signals to track human motion since 2013 and as part of the latest research the team has shown the technology can detect gestures as you said and body movements as subtle as the rise and fall of a person's chest from the other side of a house so yeah they could probably see if people are shoplifters and are hiding clothes under their other clothes in a shop changing room, for I example. I can, at the same time, think of many bad applications for this technology as well. I mean, if you were a house burglar, for example, uh, yeah. and you wanted to get the layout of a home before you broke in and stole stuff from it, you would be able to do so. That's a good point. And also another application that's been put forward for this is firefighters looking for people inside burning buildings. That they, is a good application. They don't that want to risk their lives by going in and if, if there's, there's no, no one there, there, do they? Um, So the RF capture device transmits wireless signals that travel through the wall and reflect off a person's body, like with radar. And then it scans the 3D space to capture wireless reflections of objects in the room, including any people or animals that might be in there. And they say that only a small number of body parts reflect the signal back at any given point in time. And that's how it works. So the device monitors these reflections Uh, which vary as someone moves and walks. So they can tell if your arms are moving and your legs... so therefore they can tell if you're if it's a walking motion it sounds a bit like the cgi motion capture like andy circus mm. as Gollum in the lord of the rings for example doesn't it it, it like does sound a bit like thing. that but i think i think this is very advanced though the fact that it's working through wi-fi and you never know the technology in a couple of years time it might be accessible on mobile phones it could be the new thing I think you'd probably find that, I mean, usually this sort of surveillance uh, or um, I suppose uh, this technology with what you might think of as anti-terrorism applications or that kind of stuff, it does tend to end up in the mainstream, uh, doesn't it? I think you're quite right there. And just looking at my example from before, I can actually see this being used for home security as well because if someone came to your door and knocked on it and you weren't sure who it was, you could and you could use the silhouette to see what kind of person it is. So if they're ordering a takeaway, they might be holding a bag. If mm. if they're looking to do something dangerous, they might have a weapon. You'd be able to tell all of this from using this new technology. That would be really useful. Well, actually, you can actually use it in much more detail than that because in tests, the device was actually able to trace a person's hand as they wrote in midair. It could even distinguish between 15 different people through a wall with almost 90% accuracy because we all have our own individual fingerprint-like ways of moving, our gestures. And so you could program this with the gestures of people, members of your family, so you can tell if it's them outside or a stranger, for example. So how long do we think this kind of technology is going to take to hit the market then, Mark? Um, 
three years until you can buy something like this to use at home. There you go. We've had the estimation from the man himself, the highest level of professional in the tech industry, Mark Griffiths. Thank you, Mark. Good to see we've got a bit of eyesight in a technology that may become very available to us in a very short period of time. Hopefully, we'll be able to get that on our smartphones in the very near future. Thank you for tuning into this edition of Frontline. We hope you enjoyed it, and see you next week.